0: That gets me through. Let's pray. Good morning, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We praise you that you're our creator, that you're our savior. You're all-knowing and everywhere present and all-powerful. You are worthy of our worship. We confess our sins to you. And, Lord, we confess the the sins of our church. And, Lord, we, we confess to you the sins of our nation. We thank you for giving us life. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. Thank you for this day to worship you. We thank you for your word and pray that as we open up your word that that you would send your Holy Spirit to teach us, that, that you would work among us and that you would win lost people to Christ, that you would build believers and equip workers. We're praying for revival. We we need you. Will you not yourself revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Lord, may it start with me. May it start with us. May may we leave here today overflowing with joy that would spread in our community and bring about a great spiritual awakening. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. There was a black guy and a white guy, and they were best friends. They only disagreed on one thing. What they disagreed on is, what color is Jesus? So the black guy was always trying to convince the white guy that, that Jesus is black. And the black guy was always trying to convince the, uh, the, the black guy that Jesus is white. And uh, that's the only thing they disagreed on. And, and they were in the car together one day, and they were in a horrible accident, and they both died. And they were headed to heaven together. And and the black guy said, you're about to find out I was right. And the white guy said, no, you're about to find out I was right. So then they saw Jesus, and Jesus saw them and said, buenos (laughs) dias. And then an Irish woman spoke up and said, no, no, he was Irish. And they said, what? And she said, come on. He was 30 years old. He was unmarried. He lived at home, and his mother thought he was God. He was Irish. That's what we're going to learn about today. No, no, not what color Jesus is, but we are going to learn that Jesus is God. That's what we're going to learn. We're going to learn that Jesus really is God. The point of today's message is that Jesus is fully God and fully man. Would you say that with me? Jesus is fully God and fully man. I mean, come on, as young people, often we tell our parents, what, well, you just don't understand, right? You ever feel that way with God? You know, you say you just don't understand, but he does understand, right? Because Jesus is fully God and fully man. Or we read in the Bible, we read in the Bible, and, and we read how, how Jesus wants us to live, and we say, if I could just see what that looked like, if I could just see, and we do. We get to see that in Jesus because Jesus is fully God and fully man. And that's what we're going to be learning about today. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. It's a great idea to bring your Bible and get familiar with it. If you don't have a Bible, we have some in the lobby on the, on the rack there. You could pick one up. It's really a good book. It's all about Jesus. And we're walking through Colossians because many people believe it's the most Jesus-filled book in the whole Bible. And we're having a great time getting to know Jesus together. And if you'd like to know him, come and join us as we get him to know him together. And what we learned last week... I mean, previously on Colossians, what we learned is that everyone needs the gospel every day, that everyone needs the gospel every day, that the gospel gets us started, and the gospel gets us all the way home. So now we're going to start reading in Colossians 2, in verses 8 through 10. The Apostle Paul writes, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy. An empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the, of the world rather than according to Christ. Now the first thing Paul does is he gives us a warning. A warning. He says, don't be led astray by false teachers. Don't be captured by false philosophies. Do you know who Chuck Swindoll is? I, I love Chuck Swindoll. He, do, you, do you know how he defines a philosopher? Chuck Swindoll says a philosopher is someone who doesn't understand what he's talking about and makes you think it's your fault. Listen, Paul says, don't be led astray by false teaching. And doesn't that remind us of what Jesus said? Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 7? In Matthew 7, Jesus said, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Now, why? why are there false prophets and false teachers? It's because we have an enemy, right? We have an enemy whose name is Satan, and he's a liar and a deceiver, and he loves to walk through false, to, to work through false teachings to deceive people and to capture people. And so Jesus says, stay awake, don't fall asleep, keep your eyes open. So there's a warning, there's a warning. For those of you who are Christians, who are disciples, Jesus says, keep your eyes open, your ears, and listen because there's false teachers. Um, That's why whenever we preach here, we always put the verses up on the screen, encourage you to read your Bible, so that you can compare what you hear to what the Scriptures teach, so that you know whether the teaching is true or not. But I want you to know there's not only a warning given to <clears throat> to those who hear God's word there's a warning to those who who teach the bible. In James 3 verse 1 <clears throat> The bible says let not many of you become teachers my brethren knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. The bible says there's an awesome responsibility to teach God's word to others and Um, And and I want you to know our church is a part of the Presbyterian Church in America. And I want you to know in our denomination, the ordination process, the process of becoming a pastor is incredibly thorough. And the reason is our denomination is very concerned that our pastors and teachers are orthodox in their beliefs and in their teaching. So Paul begins this passage with a warning, watch out. For false teachers and teachers, make sure you speak the truth. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the word of the world, rather than according to Christ. So the warning is: be careful of false teachers. And then the solution: the solution is know Jesus, know Jesus, treasure Jesus, love Jesus. Cling to Jesus, and then you won't be led astray. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of our time today uh, telling you what the false teachings were then, nor about what the false teachings are today, because what I want you to do, I want you to know Jesus. Because if you know Jesus, then you'll be able to say, that's not Jesus, and that's not Jesus. Do you know that's how they teach people about counterfeit money, right? They don't show them counterfeit money. You know what they did? They show them a $100 bill. They show them a Benjamin. And if you know what the real thing looks like, then you can look at counterfeit and say, that's not it. That's not it. And so I want you to know, treasure, love, and cling to Jesus so well that when you hear something, you can say, that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. So notice what he says. If we want to know him well, for in him... All the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. There it is. Jesus is fully God and fully man, one person, two natures. There are two natures, fully God and fully man, inseparably joined together in the person Jesus Christ. And it's so important we understand that. People who don't go to church, they quickly affirm that Jesus is fully man. That They acknowledge that Jesus is fully man. But the problem often with people who go to church is they deny that Jesus is fully, I mean, I got that backwards, I think, that those who don't go to church, no, they acknowledge that Jesus is fully man, but they deny that he's fully God, while people who go to church acknowledge that he's fully God, but have trouble acknowledging that he's fully man. And they're both really, really important. What we celebrate at Christmas, what we celebrate at Christmas is not when God the Son came into being. What we celebrate is when God the Son took on Himself human form and became the person Jesus Christ. And uh, didn't we read about that this week in Luke? I mean, haven't you enjoyed reading in Luke together? Has it been good? Remember chapter 1 in Luke? That, that Mary is pregnant, Mary is pregnant with Jesus, while her relative Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. Remember this? And then Mary, Mary comes to visit her relative in Luke 1, 39. Now at this time Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of David, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the what? The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, I'm pro-life, aren't you? That I believe that life begins when an egg is fertilized, and there was a baby in Elizabeth's womb, right? Well, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, And how has it happened to me, now listen carefully, that the mother of my Lord would come to me. She said that Mary is the mother of my God. Jesus is fully God and fully man in the person, Jesus Christ. And there was one moment, one moment in Mary's womb when the fullness of deity dwelled in one cell, right? And then that cell began to multiply and multiply until the person of Jesus Christ was born. How amazing. Oh. Isn't it cool that, that it wasn't just that, that Jesus was in the room, that Jesus was also what in Mary's womb, right? Isn't that amazing? The mother of my Lord would come to me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ear, the baby leaped in my womb for joy and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Mary, you're blessed because you believe that what God said he would do. So, we've seen in verse 9, for in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, that Jesus is fully God and fully man, and in him you have been made complete. Now, um... Next week, we'll explore that a little bit more. But, but what I want us to see in that, in him you've been made complete, what he's really teaching is that Jesus saves us, that Jesus saves us and he saves us completely. Now, if we want to keep from being led astray, we need good theology. We need sound doctrine. And if we want to have sound doctrine when it comes to Jesus, we want to understand two things, the person of Christ and the work of Christ. The person, we want to know who Jesus is. And then the work of Christ, we want to know, what did he come to earth to do? So when it comes to the person of Christ, we just learn that, right? Who is Jesus? Jesus is fully God and fully man, right? In one person. When it comes to the work of Christ, what did Jesus come to do? He came to save sinners, right? Ah. Jesus came to save sinners, I love how that's said in Luke 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man, that's who he is, has come to seek and save that which was lost. That's the good news of the gospel, that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. And gospel means good news. But the gospel contains bad news. Do you see it there? The bad news is that we were lost. We were lost. And the reason we were lost is we've all sinned against God. We've pushed God away and say, don't tell us how to live. We'll do life our way. I mean, didn't God say don't covet? But we say what? We will covet. And didn't God say what? Don't don't bear false witness? And we push God away and say we will. And God says don't steal, and we push God away and say we will. And God says honor your father and mother, and we push God away and say we will. Every time we push God away, that's a sin, and a sin is a crime against God. And we've all committed crime after crime. Against God, and what we deserve for what we have done is hell. And so, what do we do? What do we do? Listen, that's what brings us to the good news that the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. God the Son put on flesh and came to earth to seek and save sinners. He then lived a perfect life for us, and then He went to the cross. And he died for our sins, taking our sins upon himself, paying for them in full, rising on the third day, proving that. When Jesus walked out of the grave, it proved that he had conquered sin and death, and he offers us eternal life. And what is that? It's the forgiveness of our sins. It's the opportunity to do life and eternity with Jesus. And what does he require of us to have eternal life that we believe in him? Uh, do you see that in 2 Corinthians five seventeen? <clears throat> Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone believes in Christ, he's a new creature, a new person, a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. The moment someone believes the old things, they're they're forgiven of all their sins or passed away. New things have come. Jesus moves in, and we get the chance to do life and eternity with him. Have you ever believed in him? If you haven't, wouldn't you like to? Wouldn't you like to go to bed tonight knowing you're forgiven? Wouldn't you rather do the rest of your life with Jesus than apart from him? Wouldn't you like to spend eternity with him? You can if you believe in Christ. And, and how do we do that? Well, it's simple. It's as simple as A and B and C, where we admit and believe and commit. And if you've never done that, won't you do this now? You can do this now, or I'd be glad to assist you as, as we close in prayer. But it starts when we admit Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. Won't you admit? And I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and wrote. Won't you believe? And then we commit, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. And as I want you to be Lord of my life, help me be the person you want me to be. Won't you? Oh, and if you have, did you hear what it says? That if anyone is in Christ, if you believe in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. We have been forgiven of all of our sins, past and present and future. And behold, new things have come. Now Jesus has moved into us, and we get to do life, and we get to do eternity with Jesus. So notice carefully in verse 17, it says, uh, "...in Christ." in Christ. Now, doesn't that remind us back in Colossians 2? Back in Colossians 2, there's two in-hims. In Colossians 2, uh, 9, notice it's for in him. So in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And then the second one, and in him, you have been made complete. So let me share with you What my walk with Christ has been like, there's been three steps with Jesus, three steps with Jesus. The first step that that I took was I understood that Jesus died for our sins, and, and because of that, we're forgiven. And that was so good to hear that, to know that Jesus died for our sins and that we are forgiven, right? In 1 Corinthians 5, or 1 Corinthians 15, for I delivered to you as of first importance. Your teacher tells you it's of first importance. What do you know? It's going to be on a test, right? For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. What is that? That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. So my first step as I understood that Jesus died and rose for me, and that I'm forgiven. Are you a Christian? Isn't it wonderful to be forgiven? And if you believe that, would you say amen? Isn't it great? Amen. It is so good to be forgiven. That was step one. And then a few years later, I understood something more about what Jesus did. I understood that Jesus lived a perfect life for me. For 33 years, he lived a perfect life for me. And because of that, for us, because of that, we're righteous. That the moment we believe in Jesus, not only does he forgive all of our sins, but he gives us his righteousness. Oh, uh, let me show you this. In 2 Corinthians chapter five, 5, He, God the Father, made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. So all, all of our sin was placed on Jesus on the cross and we're forgiven so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. So Jesus takes all of our sin, he gives us his righteousness. Our sins imputed to him, his righteousness imputed to us. So that means from that moment on, our standing before God is not based on our performance, but Jesus's. Do you know how many people I talk to and they say, well, I'm not a good Christian? Well, what's a good Christian? Do you really believe that our standing before God at any given moment is based on Our performance? No. It's based on His. And that's why we're not simply forgiven in the sight. We are righteous. Isn't it? Isn't it good to know that our standing before God at any given moment is not based on our performance but His righteousness? Isn't it? And if it is, won't you just say amen? Amen. Yes. Um, So first I understood that Jesus died for our sins and that we're forgiven. Thank you. And then I understood that Jesus lived for us and we're righteous. Thank you. But then the third step that I came to understand is that Jesus is our model. He's our model for life and for ministry. That when Jesus moves into us, he says, what? Follow me. Follow me. I want to show you the beautiful life. I'm your model for life. And he says, follow me. I'm your model for ministry. Oh. Yeah. Um. Didn't we get to see that this week in Luke? Oh, Luke it has it's been so good to see how Jesus lived because Jesus says, "Follow me; I'm your model." And in Luke two, verse fifty-two, if you want to know what does the beautiful life look like, what is life meant to be to be lived like, look at this verse. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom. Jesus was always growing intellectually. He was growing in wisdom and stature. He was developing physically. He was a carpenter, more like a stonemason. And listen, he, he would be walking everywhere, so he developed his body, he developed his mind, he developed his body, and in favor with God, he grew spiritually, and then he also grew socially, his favor with men. Every day, Jesus grew intellectually. Every day he grew physically and took care of his body. Every day he grew spiritually with his father. Every day he developed his social skills so he could accomplish his mission. I know so many people, the last time they read a book was the day they graduated from college (laughs) or high school. But that's not true of Jesus. Every day when he broke up, he grew in wisdom. A lot of people, the last time they ever worked out was, you know, the last time they were in a gym class. That wasn't true of Jesus. Jesus continued to develop physically. He continued to develop spiritually. He continued to develop socially. You go to the gym, what do you find? Someone who what? They take care of their body, but they couldn't bother with Jesus, right? Right? You go to church, what do you find? You find people who love Jesus, right? But they never take care of their bodies. Jesus' model for us, the beautiful life is to continue every day of our lives and grow intellectually and physically and spiritually and socially. He's our model. Um, He he goes on um, to to be our model. Uh, When we believe in Jesus... Not only are we forgiven, but we're given the Holy Spirit. And and, and we're given the Holy Spirit as Christians so that we can walk like Jesus walked. And so as we read through the Bible, we get to a passage like in Galatians chapter 5, and it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And so we read, walk by the Spirit, and we say, What would that look like? What would that look like, right? And if we want to know... What it looks like to walk by the Spirit, Jesus says to us, what? Follow me. Follow me. Didn't we see that in Luke? Didn't you see that in Luke this week, didn't you? Remember we were reading in Luke this week? Remember we were reading in Luke 3 and we read about the baptism of Jesus. Now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him. Each of the gospel writers gives us another detail, right? Right? I believe Luke is the only one that says that Jesus' baptism, he was praying. Two things happened when he prayed, what? The heaven was opened and the Spirit descended. Why do we pray? Because we long for what? For the heavens to open and the Spirit to fall, right? Oh. And what's really cool is Jesus is the fullness of God, uh, fully God and fully man. So Jesus is in a body. And here, not only is Jesus in a body, but the Holy Spirit is in bodily form as a dove. So the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus and a voice out of heaven, you are my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Oh. Do you see the Father? Do you see the Son? Do you see the Holy Spirit? God loves you so much that the Father and Son and Holy Spirit are all working together to save you and me. Isn't that amazing? But I want you to know, Jesus is about to begin his ministry, and our identity is really important. When we disciple someone, we want to help them understand their identity because identity was very important in the life of Jesus. Right before he begins, the Father affirms his identity, you are my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit was given to Jesus to confirm that identity so that he would know who he was, that he was the Son of God. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit? Because it's hard for us to believe our identity. It's hard for us to believe that we're really Christians, that we're really disciples, that we're really children of God. <laughs> the Bible says it's the Holy Spirit that, that moves in us, that we cry out, Abba, Father, because he's affirming us. That's our identity. We're children of God. And identity's really a big deal. So Jesus has aden- his identity given by the Father, confirmed by the Spirit, We read through the genealogies, and then we get to Jesus in chapter 4. And uh, what does it look like to walk by the Spirit? Jesus models it, doesn't it? Jesus, verse 1, full of the Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. He's full of the Spirit. He's led by the Spirit for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, uh, tell the stone to become bread. So what does Satan attack? He attacks what? He attacks what? His identity. The very thing that the Spirit of God was given to confirm is where he attacks. He attacks, if you are. He attacks. Doesn't that happen to us? (laughs) You couldn't be a Christian with what you did. Nobody could be a Christian and have the thoughts you have, right? He attacked his identity. But how did Jesus respond? What does it look like to walk by the Spirit? What does it look like? Jesus uh, answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Um, Now, did he pull out his phone with his Bible program and read that? You guys there, did he? Did he pull scrolls out of his back pocket? Did he have scrolls? So how did he know the Bible? How? He had memorized it. He had memorized it. He had treasured God's Word in his heart so that the Spirit of God could take the Word of God and bring them together and Jesus could overcome Satan's temptation. Huh. So many people, they have an inner urging. Listen, (laughs) how do we know that an inner urging is with the Spirit? Whenever the Spirit brings to our mind a verse we've memorized to apply to the occasion, we know we're walking by the Spirit because the Spirit of God and the Word of God always work together. (laughs) Listen, I can't tell you how many times the Holy Spirit Is brought to my remembrance the verse I needed to overcome a sin or to share my faith. He's brought to my memory so many verses that I've memorized. But you know what he's never brought to my mind? A verse that I had never memorized. Do you want supernatural help to be able to overcome temptation or to be able to share your faith? then memorize God's Word, and then the Spirit of God can take the Word of God and give you supernatural power to overcome temptation and to share your faith. Isn't that what Jesus did? He's modeling for us what it means to walk by the Spirit. Continues on in verse 14, and, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. He, he just keeps walking in the Spirit, okay? Now, now, <clears throat> When we lead someone to faith in Christ, when we're building them up, we want to cultivate in them the the practice of worshiping. I'm glad you're here. And you know why we want to help others cultivate a practice of worship? Because that's what Jesus did. One of the reasons Jesus knew scripture is because this was his practice on the Sabbath. Sabbath. In verse 16, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. When the Sabbath came, Jesus was underneath the Word of God, filling his heart with the Word of God, so the Spirit of God could take the Word of God and use that to overcome temptation and to equip him for his ministry, right? (laughs) Is that us? Man, I can't wait for Sunday. We get to gather and be filled up with God's word. So we give the Spirit of God power or, or, or ammunition to use in our lives to overcome the evil one. So listen, Jesus is our model for life. Uh, he's also our model for ministry. The same chapter, the same chapter in, uh, <clears throat> in verse 42. When day came, Jesus left and went to a secluded place. And the crowds were searching for him and came to him and tried to keep him from going away from them. But he said, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. People ever try and get you to do something? (laughs) Listen, they were trying to get Jesus, but Jesus knew why he was here. He knew his purpose, so he could say no to them. So he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Jesus has a purpose for our lives. He says, follow me and I'll show you my purpose for you. That Jesus was preaching the gospel. That's why as Christians, we're still here on earth. The reason we're still here on earth is there's so many people who don't know Jesus. So back to Colossians. Um, Let me show you something interesting. Verse 10, and in him you have been made complete, and he is the head over all rule and authority. Does that sound familiar that Jesus is the head over all rule and authority? You ever heard that anywhere? Where would you hear that? It's at the... Oh, well, let me show you. Okay? Listen, after Jesus died, he, he rose. He told his disciples to meet him on a mountain in Galilee, right? So Matthew 28, uh, we get to verse 16. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful we say, well, how could you have doubts when there's Jesus? Well, because people didn't rise from the dead every day. I mean, they had never seen it before. It was hard to believe it was true. But notice, some of the disciples have doubts. But notice what Jesus says. Uh, <clears throat> and Jesus came up and spoke to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. See, that's, that's the same thing we heard in Colossians, right? Now, I want you to hear that. Jesus is the creator, and he's the savior. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. He has more power than Putin, more power than President Biden. He has more power than the devil. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, okay? Um, And because he has authority, he said, Go, therefore, because I have authority and make disciples of all the nations. By the way, this is called the Great Commission. Um, Please don't embarrass me. If you're ever on a game show... It's the Great Commission, okay? It's not like the 15th. Don't miss this. If anybody ever says, What's the Great Commission? Here it is. It says, Last command. Don't miss it. His last command was to go and make disciples of all the nations. That's why we're still on earth. Don't miss it. Okay? Remember that, okay? Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Listen, go and win people to Christ, baptizing them, and then teaching them to observe all that I commanded Teach them how to follow me. And notice what he says, And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus' disciples had doubts. The way he told, taught them to deal with their doubts was, Go and tell others about me, and I'll show up. Do you have doubts? Tell someone about Jesus. Tell someone and Jesus will show up. Do you want to know Jesus better? Tell someone else about him. He'll show up. Listen, people say, Jesus isn't real in my life. Do you want Jesus to be real in your life? Then you go and share with someone else about Jesus and he'll show up. He's never more real in my life than when I'm sharing him with someone else. Um, So Jesus is our model, right, for life and ministry. One one last thing. Let's go back to Colossians 2. One more thing I want to show you. This is important. Um, In Colossians 2, verse 9, notice, for in him all the fullness of deity, what's the word there? Dwells. Do you notice there's not a T on the end of it? You notice that? If if there was a T and said dwelt, that would have meant when Jesus was here on earth, he was fully good and fully God and fully man, but isn't anymore. But that's in the present tense. Did you know that Jesus is fully God and fully man? Listen, he died on the cross. He was buried. But then what? His body rose from the grave. When he ascended into heaven, he ascended as the God-man, fully God and fully man. And when he comes back, he's going to have a body because Jesus is, not just was, fully God and fully man. What have we learned? We've learned there's a warning. Watch out. Watch out for false teachers. We've learned the solution. The solution is to know Jesus, love Jesus, treasure Jesus, cling to Jesus. Good theology, sound doctrine, the person of Christ, fully God and fully man, the work of Christ. He came to save sinners, right? All right. Now we're ready for a, a great action step, a great action step. And here's the action step. I want you this week to love Jesus with all of our hearts. All of our, and the reason I say that is most Americans, when you say the heart, they think of our emotions, our emotions. But in the Bible, the Bible, the 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 heart is the control center. It's our minds. It's our emotions and our will. It's our minds where we think. We need to love him with our minds. It's our emotions. We need to love him with our emotions where we delight in him. Our will is where we make choices. We love him with our will when we choose to follow him, right? And so Paul would write in 1 Timothy 1.5, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience, and a sincere faith. What I'm praying is going to happen this morning is through this time, we're going to love Him. Our minds are going to be filled with the Word of God. Our emotions are going to be stirred, and then our will is going to be moved so that we respond. This week, when you get up and have breakfast with Jesus, what it means is, Holy Spirit, help me to love Jesus with all my mind. Help me to love Jesus with all my emotions. Help me to love Jesus with all my will. And what would that look like? What would that look like? You know what it would look like? We would worship him. Huh. Listen, good theology leads to doxology. Good theology leads to worship. 2 Corinthians 9:15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. How can we learn about Jesus without saying thank you? You are fully God and fully man. Thank you. You came to save sinners. Thank you. You died for me and I'm forgiven of all my sins. Thank you. You live for me. I'm clothed in your righteousness. Thank you. You're my model for life and ministry. Thank you. Thank you for showing me how. To love him with all of our hearts, our minds, emotions, and our will would mean that we would follow him. We follow, I mean, when we know in our minds who Jesus is, and he says to us, follow me, listen, the one who's fully God and fully man, the one who lived the beautiful life, we follow him because we love him with all of our minds and our emotions and our will, right? I mean, isn't that what Jesus said? I love John 14, uh, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. How do you think that goes? Do you think that's, if you love me, you will keep my commandments? That's what many people think. Man, I've got to obey him. I've got to obey him. But you know what he's saying? If you love me with all your heart. With your minds and your emotions and my will, you will follow me. That's why it's so important we cultivate our love for Christ, because when we love him, we'll follow him. What would it look like to love him with all of our hearts, with our minds and our emotions and our wills? It means that we would be so in love with him, we'd want to tell everyone about him. We'd want to. How do I know? Because I know someone just like that. His name is Doug, and... Uh, I have the best time every Thursday morning. I get to meet with David's mighty men, and in comes Doug every week. He comes in again this week. Smiley, I've got to tell you a story. A friend of mine, a friend of mine, had a daughter, and he said, Would you help my daughter buy a car? Because uh, I, don't, I don't want her to be taken advantage of. And so Doug says, Okay. And so he spends two days of his life going to dealer after dealer in St. Augustine and Jacksonville, helping her to go to deal. And finally she says, I think I'd like to buy a car in St. Augustine. So they're in Jacksonville. So he starts driving back. And on the way back, she says to him, Doug, you are amazing. Now, I want you to know Doug's plan, had been, Doug's plan had been he was going to help her buy the car and then try and share the gospel with him. But he recognized God had just opened the door for him. So he pulls his car over and he says, Listen, I'm not amazing, but I know someone who is. And you know what? He just pulled out of his pocket his little Do You Know booklet and he, and he shared with her the bad news and the good news and invited her to respond. And she said... Yes. Oh. You know what Doug really reminds me of? He reminds me of a surfer. And you say, what? See, surfers don't make waves. Surfers ride waves. But if you're with someone who's a good surfer, what they're able to do is to look out and see where the waves are coming. And they know how to paddle in just the right spot so they catch the waves at just the right spot. Doug is learning to see the opportunities that have been there all throughout his life, but now he can recognize them, and now he can catch them, and he's having the time of his life. Imagine what could happen in this community if each of us this week went and shared the gospel with one person, one person. You know, we can learn from Doug. There's some real lessons there. First of all, Doug is not wasting his retirement. He's not wasting his... Re- 74 years, he's never led anyone to faith in Christ. And now, week by week, he has... Listen, don't waste your life. You know what else we can learn from Doug? Is Doug met a need. He met a need. Maybe there's someone we'd like to share with, and maybe they're not real open. Why don't we learn from Doug how to serve them? How to serve them? How to serve them? To serve them? He spent two days serving one. Imagine if we serve someone. And then they said to us, Hey, you're amazing. You're so loving. We could learn from Doug, right, and say, what? No, no, but I know someone who is. Wouldn't you like to know him, too? What if tomorrow, what if tomorrow you really went for it? What if tomorrow when someone says, what'd you do this weekend? You just said, I went to church, and we heard about the most amazing person who ever lived. And then you stopped. What are they going to say? Who is it? Who is it? Oh, it was Jesus. It was Jesus. And listen, my new line, I want to give it to you, is, and I love to tell people who want to hear about Jesus, about Jesus, would you like to hear more? And listen, if they say yes, you can tell them. You know what we learned? We learned that Jesus is fully God and fully man. Isn't that the most amazing thing you ever heard? And you know what he we learned that Jesus came to seek and save sinners like me. Even someone like me can be saved because Jesus is such an amazing savior. Wouldn't you like to know him too? You can, you know. You really, really can. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for becoming one of us, for putting on flesh and coming to earth. And thank you for 33 years of perfect choices for us. And thank you for dying on the cross in our place once and for all. And thank you for rising from the dead. And thank you for offering us eternal life. And Listen, if you've never believed in him, won't you? He's here. Won't you just tell him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come in and forgive me and give me eternal life and be my Savior. And I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Well, if you've done that for the first time, won't you mark it on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. And oh, Jesus, I pray for those of us who believe in you that this week we would love you Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us. Help us to love Jesus with all of our minds. Help us this week, Holy Spirit, to love Jesus with all of our emotions. Help us this week to love Jesus with all of our will. Lord, help us this week to respond in worship. Help us to respond in following after you. Help us this week to respond by telling others how amazing you are. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.